You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin. I am joined by the show's F-150, Adam Modest. Adam, how are you holding up? <laughs> that was so bad, Anthony. Um, <laughs> like a rock. <laughs> Wait, that's help. Chevy. Is that Chevy? Dang it. I couldn't help myself. I could not help myself. Uh, today's a fun show, though. As always, we like it's to always send... a fun show yeah. with us. <laughs> we like to send you guys off into the weekend with a couple chuckles here and there, some entertaining basketball analysis and stuff like that. We're eliminating teams today. I know people have enjoyed those lists as we went back and tried to find them. Listening to ourselves at 150 percent speed is is something else. That was nobody's going to understand what you're talking about, but yes, we yeah. did that to remember which teams we'd eliminated today, though. We're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers and their. And we're going to talk a lot about the Lakers, Anthony. Every <laughs> it's your show. We're we're going to end up talking about the Lakers. You agree to do it, so you can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> Second segment is going to be about Kyrie Irving and his comments about his teammates. And your Denver Nuggets went up against the Chicago Bulls, and I think there's a correlation in points that can be made about those two teams. That'll be the second segment. And we're going to give ourselves as much freedom to explore that third segment as much as we possibly can. We have four teams each that we have to eliminate from, from winning a title this year. So so that'll be fun as well. You want to dive into this thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers beat Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City by a score of 138 points. To 128, they had to do that in overtime because Lonzo Ball fouled Russell Westbrook on a three-pointer. The referees after the game admitted that it probably shouldn't have been a shooting foul, but they can't review it because why review stuff? Um, And I just think for a Lakers team, and this is what you were mocking me before we went live here. You were mocking me for me saying that this was an important two-game streak for the Lakers. Heading into that Chicago game, there were talks that if Luke lost that game to Chicago, he was going to get fired, right? Like he was going to, yeah. he was coaching for his job. Real talks? Were these real talks? Kind of, sort of. Like, here's mm. the thing. It's not logical, but it's Magic Johnson. And, and, and people from the Lakers organization have leaked that he can be pretty brash with his decision-making. And yeah. so, like, there, there, were, there were some legitimate rumors there that, that Luke Walton's seat was really hot they take care of – well, they kind of sort of take care of business against Chicago. Everybody takes care of business against Chicago. Uh, but <laughs> but they, take care of business is being used loosely. They won by seven points at home. It's a, And I know, look, they had a lead. Mm-hmm. I get it. But they yeah. won by seven points. Well, they won, right? <laughs> win's a win. <laughs> like, that's, that's the point we're at with the Lakers season. It's a win's a win. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is it like heading – so the Lakers in the last like week or so of basketball have lost to New York – they have lost to Cleveland. They Oof. had to like eke out a late charge by the by the uber powerful Chicago Bulls, and then they yeah. go into Oklahoma City and they come back from seventeen down to yeah. beat the Thunder. Like that, it's that just is weird. it's a weird team. And this this two game like had they not had this two game streak, you're talking about a very different situation, especially given their upcoming schedule in L.A. and and you might be looking at a potential coaching change. That that we've talked about kind of dumping a season with LeBron James. If they yeah. fire Luke, you're literally doing that. That's it. Can I can I ask you a question? 
do you think with with all the circus that has surrounded them during this basically it's been a it's, there's been a lot of home games do you think getting out on the road has been good for them to get away from some of just the the constant circus during that losing streak i don't know i the thing is they're a really young and immature team and i think yeah. they need they needed to play a good team they've played a mm. bunch of these kind of middling to bad to mediocre teams or whatever it is and it's hard i think for a young team to get up for a team like that and when you combine that with the circus that you talked about, getting to just focus on the challenge of beating a, a legitimate playoff contender and title contender even, like that's it's it must have been nice just to be able to get into practice and get into film sessions and just focus on that and know that you have to absolutely bring it or else you're gonna get embarrassed. And they were getting embarrassed, mind you. Like yeah. it was, it was ugly early, and it was, it was, it felt like another one of those games. But Luke put the the bench in there, and and they came in and 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 took care of business. My question to you is: We were looking at that schedule. I've already kind of sort of alluded mm. to it. You said you gave the Lakers about two wins in their next like nineteen games. Uh, well, so let's just call it out real quick. They have Houston, Golden State, Minnesota, Phoenix, Philadelphia, the Clippers, Warriors, Pacers, Celtics, and Seventy Sixers again. So, of all of the ones we just listed out, only two are not playoff teams: Phoenix and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Minnesota, you know, I don't think that one's a gimme by any means. So, you look at that and you think, what are they going to be favored in? Two games, maybe. They will be underdogs in the rest, unless LeBron comes back, of course. We should preface this all with, you know, LeBron's return sort of hanging in this mysterious unknown zone. Is he back when they return back to Staples Center? Is he back in February? It it seems like there's not a concrete answer there. But if he's not, they're not favored except for against Phoenix and maybe Minnesota. But it gets back to that weird point of of these young guys seem to get up for like I'm more nervous about they can get they can get up as high as they want for Golden State. Oh sure, but that's one (laughs) out of the next ten, right? Or two out of the next ten. I mean, they can get two of the next ten, and they get up. (laughs) Philadelphia is also two of the next ten, who's really in a nice groove. You got Houston, who, you know, now without without Capella, that maybe that one becomes a little bit more interesting. But yeah, but still, my my point is, I, I just. I don't know what this Lakers team and, and the LeBron thing, if we knew that he was back in, you know, four games, I, then I think, yeah, they could, they can manage this. But the longer this just becomes a mystery, the harder I think it is for, for the Lakers to, to be optimistic. What's been fascinating has been how Rich Paul and LeBron James team handles the information about LeBron's injury compared to how the Lakers do. <laughs> the Lakers just kind of put everybody day to day and they let it be and they let those guys recover at their own pace. LeBron and his team prefers to say, no, it was a three to six week time frame. That's what we're, we're, we're still kind of sort of on schedule here. We'll come back when it suits us, when it's best for us, because really at the end of the day, that's all that matters for LeBron and his team. And it's really interesting to see this kind of sort of power struggle between two of maybe the biggest entities in the sport right now, mm-hmm. the Lakers brand and LeBron's brand and, and the release of information there. It's been, it's been an interesting week, but fortunately it's a it's ending on a on a somewhat high note with their win against Oklahoma City. No. We're going to take a quick second here and when we come back we're going to talk about the Bulls that both of our teams just played recently and uh <laughs> it's, it's <one laughs> shocking of the, team man I got to say what a what a sight. It's one of the saddest situations I think I've seen in in my time covering the sport uh which now seems way older than or longer than it should. We're going to take a second here and I'm going to ponder mortality. When we come back, we'll get to that.
So we're back. Kyrie kind of Kyrie, we'll start with Kyrie Irving because mm-hmm. he's kind of he lights the the Celtics blogosphere and coverage sphere on fire by making comments about the young guys and that you know the, the Celtics have to figure it out and they have to come together and win, but the young guys kind of have, sort of have to keep up uh, and and catches a bunch of crap for it, and I think rightfully so. And yeah, I think so. And he apologizes. And there were two takes that I noticed over the course of the last 24-ish hours since Kyrie came out and apologized and said he spoke to LeBron on the phone, which, Kyrie, uh, just figure out what number you want to wear for the Lakers, and and we'll try to make it work. Lonzo and KCP for for Kyrie Irving actually works. Uh, Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) But but you do have – First of all, how great would that be? Let's pull on that thread for a moment. I mean (laughs) – would you be pro this move or against Kyrie Irving rejoining LeBron James in L.A.? I know this is ridiculous. As we're not reporting this as even a scenario that's no. possible. I'm just saying, would you be for this this narrative? I am 1,000% for it. Right? I'm 1,000% for it for any number of reasons. Uh, but But most of all, Magic Johnson and Danny Ainge negotiating a trade oh, has yeah. to be televised. Yeah, that'd be great. That has to be televised. And then also, like, I, I want to lean fully into the weirdness because, you know, you have all these Anthony Davis rumors and you have now you got obviously the, the Kyrie Irving Lakers thing isn't even a rumor. It's not even it's not even important enough to call speculation. But imagine if like Zion Williamson just goes out, and, like leaves Duke and signs with signs with clutch. Like would the league <laughs> just freak out? Like I would. Anywho, we're, we detoured. But we did. But Kyrie Irving says what he says about the kids, catches some some crap, rightfully so, apologizes, says he spoke to LeBron James and apologized to LeBron about, you know, now looking back at how difficult it might have been to to win with a younger team. uh, There were two takes that I saw of it. One, look at Kyrie Irving maturing before our eyes and he's figuring it out (laughs) and all this stuff. Or two, even by acknowledging that that he, he slipped up and he should have handled things behind closed doors and admitting to, to Le- that he called LeBron James and apologized to LeBron James about not recognizing how difficult it is to win with young guys, that that is a way of once again dumping on his teammates. I've seen those two takes. Do you fall somewhere in between or do you see – do you lean one way or the one way or the other? Regardless of what the motivations were, I think that Kyrie – Kyrie has been kind of – He's struggling to learn leadership, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we talk about this a lot offline. Anthony, I I am just not at all a believer. In fact, I would say I am an opponent of the Kobe Bryant method of leadership, which is very confrontational. It's very much about testing guys' metal and this, you know, maybe public remarks, this or that. And I know everybody responds to different types of leadership, but I just feel like that style of leadership is the most sort of overrated, overstated, and and just doesn't work. And I think Kyrie is a, is a disciple very much so in a lot of different ways of, of Kobe Bryant. And these sort of passive-aggressive comments to the media, um, to me, it first of all, doesn't seem to be hitting the mark in, in Boston. And I'm just not sure it's the right strategy to be taking anyway as a leader. I don't know that handling, trying to like, because he's indirectly calling out his, his own teammates saying like, oh, I was so tough when I was a young whippersnapper, and I know that now because I'm with all these other young yeah. knuckleheads that used right. to be like me when I was an idiot. You know, yeah. it, He's essentially saying, I had to apologize for being as bad as my teammates are currently, which is 
you know, it's it's so yeah, I'm just I, I do think I don't understand it. The only reason there's any credence lent to this style of leadership is because those guys happen to win. Kobe happened to win. Jordan happened to right, win punching Steve Kerr in the nose, right? Uh, but there's and, a lot of players who followed this method of it didn't. And that and right. There's like a survivorship bias to this, right? Yeah. It's well, like when people say, well, back in the day, my grandma never used to buckle her seatbelt and she's here. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't <laughs> buckle their seatbelt that aren't here to prove that it doesn't work. <laughs> that actually, you should buckle your seatbelt. My grandma smoked while she was pregnant with me yeah, or with, with exactly. my mom. I'm still here. Yeah. But yeah. like I, I so you're an only child for a reason. Well, we're we're looking at so Kyrie is the ex- <laughs> so <laughs> tough joke. Tough joke. God, God, that went dark. But, dark. <laughs> but Kyrie, Kyrie is the example that gets held up of like, see, look, it might still work. But we're watching this happen in real time with the Chicago Bulls being borderline mutinous with Jim oh, Boylan. Because he's trying to, to, to the league's got to step in. It's bad, it's bad man. He's, the league's got to step in here because I don't know what the Bulls are thinking. So over the last ten games, their net rating is minus thirteen point seven. <laughs> their their average game right now is a blowout. <laughs> blowout loss <laughs> could you just imagine every single day one of the players for like one of the bulls gets home and and the wife asks hey how was your day at work oh another blowout just a typical <laughs> day but like we're, we're watching this though with jim boylan and we're, we're watching this take place and we know like we're recognizing that it isn't working and we've done there have been numerous several studies about this this hard love hard line thinking when it comes to leadership that it it's not really working anymore and it might not it might not have worked in the first place uh it's just it's been tough to watch Kyrie go through this and it kind of reminds me of of harry potter oddly enough and (laughs) and, go on (laughs) yeah you don't mind me doing my thing but but dumbledore once said that that like leadership is is best taken on by those who don't seek it out Right. Like, right. When, yeah. When, the, re- the reluctant leader. Yep. Yeah. Like the leadership when it's always when, the best one, when you search it out and you just say, now I'm a leader, it just doesn't typically work out very well that way. And I kind of sort of feel like that's what's going on here with Kyrie Irving, that he just decided, no, I'm the leader now. And I don't think he's ready for it. I just think leadership is a it's a tough thing. It's a layered thing. It's not any one thing. It's a lot of reacting in real time to the situation. And anytime you try to follow any type of blueprint towards learning leadership, you probably are going to end up looking silly. And I think, look, I think Kyrie gets a bad rap in a lot of ways because one thing about him is he is trying. He desperately wants to be this thing, this Mm -hmm. superstar, this leader, um, this intellectual, all of these different things, and he's trying so hard. And when it, when he when somebody tries hard and comes up short or fails, I, I, you know, you, there's extra egg on their face. And I just think for him, he's still relatively young, and he still has a lot to learn about leadership. That's my, and again, I don't cover. I'm not on the beat. I don't interview him, so I have to say all of this from a very very removed position. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is sort of my read on uh, on him. Yeah, same same all the way around. We're going to take another quick second here, and we come back. We're going to lighten things up. We're going to have a little bit of fun and eliminate four more teams from our, our growing list of, of organizations <laughs> that unfortunately will not be holding up the trophy at the end of the year.
I got a lot of Eastern Conference teams eliminated, Anthony. <laughs> I got a lot of them. I had to dip into the Western Conference here. I have. <laughs> Me too. Fortunately, there's a couple now falling off. It, it, yeah, that's that's made our jobs a little easier here. Uh, we'll just let's recap the teams that we have eliminated so far. I'll do mine, and then you do yours. Okay. I also want to point out that after you and I threw dirt on the Houston Rockets, they went on a run immediately. <laughs> so, so shouts to Houston for making me look dumber than I already am. So I are my first four teams that I eliminated were the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Hawks, the Houston Rockets, and the Washington Wizards, who have, look a little bit better now that John Wall is hurt. Weird oh, how that man. works out. John, John Wall, really, there's some shyness really coming off of him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the next four teams that I eliminated were the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Orlando Magic. Now, why don't you take us through your eight teams that you've eliminated so far? Well, I started with Cleveland, Chicago, Orlando, and the Knicks, all in the East. (laughs) (laughs) Moved on to Phoenix, my lone Western Conference team, uh, Atlanta, Washington, and Brooklyn. Brooklyn, maybe, maybe, I mean, I maybe shouldn't have eliminated them so soon, although I still feel pretty good about them not winning the title. Brooklyn's interesting, man. They're fun. They're they're a really fun team. Spencer, I still wish that Dinwiddie and Russell played a little bit more together, but but that's a really fun group. And and look how quickly they've turned things around out there. That's that's a cool cool story. All right, so I'll uh, I'll kick things off here. The first team that I am eliminating, my ninth team overall that will not win a title this year, is the Memphis Grizzlies. I've got them on my list too, and it's sad. Um, you kind of. When they were hot to start the year, there was a handful of teams, Denver, the Clippers, Memphis. Denver? Memphis. Denver looks well, good. Well, now, but I'm saying of, of all the teams, like so those three teams were like at the top of the Western Conference um, six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you thought, okay, it's still early. Who's going to fall off? You know, Memphis was maybe, to me, the most likely one to fall off because they were a team that was built – um, it, it felt like a house of cards. They had two good players, and and and, yeah. and they played solid defense and they played slow. But you just you can only do that for so long. Yeah, I, it's really going to be interesting. I mean, we I feel like we've been saying this for the last like two years now, but mm. it, it, at some point they got to start selling pieces, right? It's coming. So you look at over the last ten games, they're just one and nine. They have an offensive rating of one hundred point nine, which spoiler alert, that's really terrible. It's the yeah, worst it's in good. the entire it's the worst in the entire NBA. And, you know, defensively they've been able to be league average basically. But when you just can't score and you rely on two guys Early on in the season, maybe you can get away with it, but the more teams just kind of come with a scouting report and see what you're doing, they don't have any counters, and unfortunately, that's just where they are. And yeah. then there's been injuries as well. But yeah, at least Char- Chandler Parsons is on his way back. Uh, what's your <laughs> what's your what's your next uh, what's your next team here? Let's stick in the Western Conference, and it pains me to do this because I would like to believe, I'd like to buy the hype. But Anthony, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the the too. NBA Finals. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it. They're they're twenty and twenty four. They this Dennis Smith thing is really weird. <laughs> like it is weird. Could it you is just, weird. Could you just imagine like at, let's just say it like the Dark Knight Rises, where you have like two great. No, is it Dark Knight Rises? Whatever, whatever it was, the Dark Knight where. Where you have the great Joker performance and you have the great Christian Bale performance, and like the like the third extra in one of the scenes walks in and is like, "I demand a trade." 
(laughs) (laughs) Like just completely just I don't get what's going on there. It is a tough fit, and it's funny. Dallas last year, they get him. I mean, he's the good prospect point guard position, but Luka Doncic obviously is going to be your ball handler. And yeah. so I understand from his perspective why maybe it's frustrating to try to have to be shoehorned into a role that's not best for you. But guess what? You're not as good of a prospect. Did you had an opportunity to kind of shine, and he's maybe a work in progress. I'm not very high on him personally, but – you know what? Sometimes you get a chance, and if you don't take advantage of it, you move on to the better player. And Luke is the better player, but so I understand why he might be disgruntled. But the situation and how it's come out, it, a lot of weirdness there. Yeah, it really is. And I don't know. I, I guess for me, I get frustrated because with all great teams, like the, to, to me, the great signifier of how good a team can be is how willing guys are to sacrifice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and when Dallas made sense, and when they were playing pretty well. Smith was willing to be the, the he was willing to take on the defensive role and and things were kind of sort of clicking there a little bit despite DeAndre Jordan not giving a single bleep it was it's been <laughs> <laughs> but but you know as he as he becomes more reluctant to do that and and some of that it gets harder and harder to do that as your team loses while you're sacrificing so yeah it's a, it's a tough situation all around my next team that I am eliminating here I had one final non-playoff team in the Eastern Conference that I could use in this spot, but the Detroit Pistons I don't think are going to win a title this year. What's your Detroit Pistons take? Do you have one, or are they just lukewarm to you? They're just they're just that team. They're just that team, and it's tough because you can't trade for Blake Griffin last year and then immediately go into tank mode the next year. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's a good point. And, a good and, point. and so that's kind of where they're stuck at right now. They got to figure out. I, I don't know. I went on Locked On Pistons last week and and we spoke for a little while about, you know, why it makes sense that they would want to make the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game, I believe, in like 10 years or something like that. And and I can kind of sort of understand why they want to give their fans that. That said, you're going to get in as the eight seed. You're not going to win a game against Toronto or against Milwaukee, against Boston. Yeah. So I, I just think as tough as, as it is to swallow that pill and trade for Blake Griffin and give up anything and pay him all that money, they're better off joining the Zion movement. Zion, almost Blake Griffin, sort of, you know, the old Zion. You bring yeah. Zion in to learn from Blake Griffin. That would be kind of weird. But, you know, they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. I think um, best case scenario, they sneak into the playoffs and get obliterated by one of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference. So I'm with you. I think I don't have them on my list yet. They'll probably be making a – an appearance very soon, um, but but I think that's a really good a really good pick. The one I had also in the Eastern Conference, and this one pains me to say, the Charlotte Hornets. I think unfortunately they just are are similar to Detroit in some ways. What is your upside? Your upside is getting into that playoffs, and right now they currently sit in the uh, eight seed out 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 there. them in Detroit basically the same record, and yeah, best case scenario you get swept in the first round. What do you think happens with Kemba? Like, do you think he sticks around for the long haul? You know, that's a great question. Um, it, it would be really interesting for him to jump ship now after sort of the fuss that was made when, when his year. name popped up in, in, mm-hmm. in trade rumors. But at the same time, you know, I, I support guys who want to win, and I just don't think that that is a team in Charlotte that is necessarily close to winning. So um, he he only has so long. He's a guy – so interesting about him, he rolled his ankle I think about five, six weeks ago, and you see a sharp decline in his shooting numbers from then. He's a guy mm-hmm. that I think is – and I love Kemba. He's a guy that I think will decline maybe a little bit quicker than most um, because he relies – 
because he's a point guard. He's small and uh, he's quick. And and once you lose a little bit of that quickness, once you get a little bit banged up, it can be a little bit harder. So um, I and, and for selfish reasons, I hope that he does because I think it would be fun to see him on a team outside of Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Interestingly enough, Lonzo and KCP for Kemba works. Just thought, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to trade Lonzo, but you know, just just throwing it out there, getting it out into the atmosphere. Uh, my next, no, you you did you went just a second ago. So my last one for this week, the last team that I don't think is going to make the or win a title this year. And by the way, that's what we're doing. We aren't saying anything other than we don't think these teams are going to win a championship this year. So don't freak out. We aren't saying that you're garbage or anything like that. Uh, but the last team that I, I I will eliminate this week is the Golden State Warriors. No, I'm kidding. The New- <laughs> <laughs> After the- this week they just had? Come on. <laughs> that would take some cojones. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. I, I don't think they're going to win a title this year. <sighs> that's another interesting one right there. Um, and I think that's a very safe bet. Um, have they been a disappointment this year? Kind of, sort of. They're mm. the Spider-Man meme. They're like the Eastern Conference of the Charlotte Hornets, which is kind of sort of ironic given the links between those two franchises, right? But, <laughs> uh, but I, I think here's the thing with, with the Hornets that concerns me about them. Last year they made that Miritich trade and started to make a lot more sense after the trade deadline. He's been banged up, though. Missed he, some, he's missed some time. He I has. Mean, but even in the game that I, I just wrote this for Silver Screen either today or yesterday – they're they're both sub five hundred in games that he plays in. Ooh, that's interesting. So I, I guess my thing is a that's not that's not a great sign for for how things are going out there. Also, what assets do they have to make that trade this year? Yeah, they went. They were I, they were buyers at two straight deadlines. Yeah, I um, I'm, not I'm not ready to write them off yet, and I. And I like, look, gun to my head, I'm picking against them, no doubt. They're six and four in their last ten. They do have the fifth best net rating over the last five uh, after the over the last ten games, but I mean, the six and four record is more meaningful than that. Um, they're a team that maybe I could I could see the New Orleans Pelicans having a ten game winning streak, and and like Detroit, Charlotte, I can't see that. I just can't picture it. New Orleans, I can see Anthony Davis gets really, really hot. The guys just kind of click, and they're healthy for mm-hmm. ten games. There's there's a scenario in which I could see that. So that's why I'm not ready to write them off. Even though, uh, I mean, I also would not pick them to even make the playoffs at this point. So Stop. eliminating them from title contention, I think, makes a lot of sense. I quick point that I'll that I'll make before I, I let you give your last team here, and to the point that you're making as to why there's reason for optimism. When Alfred Payton has been healthy, they are they are a much better team. They are a significantly better team. Mm. So, you know, maybe he stays healthy and and really and this is kind of the tough spot that they're in and I think the Lakers were kind of sort of in this in that same spot recently as well where you just hope that you don't have to make these huge organizational decisions without having seen your team healthy for a prolonged period. And and I hope that the, that New Orleans gets healthy, so that if they have to make a decision and and if they have to sell off a piece to acquire something that fits a little bit better, that they're doing so with a decent sample size, knowing what they might look like with everybody around. Who's your last team? My last team is the Miami Heat, um, and they are similar to Charlotte, Detroit. They're that team that's just not good. They're not bad. They're not good. Um, they do some things okay. They hustle. Uh, Bam has been intriguing, but I mean, come on, what are they? They're a 500 team. 
They're they're over their last ten. They're five and five with a net rating of minus zero point three. So I mean, this is just who they are. I, just like with Charlotte and Detroit, their upside, their best case scenario is they sneak into the playoffs and get obliterated by the Raptors or the Bucks. Yeah, I the East is filled with a ton of those teams. Ah, so many of them. It's there's so many teams that like yeah, I guess we could kind of sort of fall into the playoffs. How do you feel about the one through sixteen seeding? Um, I'm, I mean, look, I'm for it. Denver missed out on the playoffs last year. <laughs> it, it, they would have been a very entertaining playoff uh, matchup, but so I'm, I'm for it. It's also like, why is Memphis in the West? I mean, the, all of the only thing I would hang my hat on is the traditions are fun and it's weird to have to just give up a tradition. Um, so, and, and rivalries are, are born in the playoffs and you'd get fewer of those like repeat matchups. So there's things to not like about it, but at the end of the day, I want to see the best teams in there. I want to see, um, good basketball, not a, a team, a sacrificial lamb, like the Orlando magic that have no shot at anything. Do you think, do you think it would improve the league, not just from a standpoint of like, yeah, the playoffs would be more interesting with better teams, more better teams out there uh, in terms of quantity, but also from the standpoint of like in the East, you have that option of just kind of like trudging through the season and stumbling drunk into the playoffs. And yeah. it and it allows you it, it allows you to to not have to shoot as high or aim as high organizationally. And I, I kind of sort of think if you go one through 16 it forces everybody to really have to to get their stuff together if they want to get into that postseason. I'd be for it. I mean, the end of the day, bottom line, I'd be for it just because I want to see the best teams. And it, it, it would be weird seeing, you know, a Toronto, Los Angeles Clippers first round. That would be very hard for me to wrap my head around. But It'd be great on NBA TV. <laughs> but I would just like to see it because I would be so much more engaged in all the matchups. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yell at Adam if you if you have <laughs> an, an issue with any of the teams that we eliminated from title contention today. Uh, we'll be back at it again next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys are checking out all of the shows across this channel, and we'll talk to you in a week.